0: It's Tuesday Tithe with Pastor Lucas Miles. What's up, Pastor? How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, Casey. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, I appreciate the time today. We're going to try and make this a regular thing on Tuesday for everybody out there. Tuesday Tithe with uh, Pastor Miles here. But I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. we got a local story, and then I, I want to deal with a national story. And, of course, if there's anything that you want to bring up that you think is relevant, please do. But I want to talk about House Bill 1346. Now, this is the... This is the gender fluidity bill, I guess, is what you would call it. Um, for those of you who don't know, this has been introduced by Representative Jake Teshka, and it provides that a school may not promote or encourage the use of or require, compel or coerce a student, an employee of the school, or a staff member of the school to use a pronoun, a title, or other word to identify a student, school, employee, or other individual. Um, and it, it, it's basically, you know, you're not going to compel somebody to use a preferred pronoun. Am I understanding this right?
1: That's what I read as well, and I went through the bill today and spent some time on that. I think it's very well written, obviously some strong names with uh, people like uh, Ateshka and King and Wesco being on this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this is one that, uh, you know, even if you've never called your representative before, this is the time to pick up the phone, call your representative, and make sure that House Bill 1346 uh, goes through.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind that this is not saying that, you know, you can't use the pronouns, the preferred pronouns. It's that you're not going to compel anybody. This is almost like going back to what Jordan Peterson was really launched under the international stage for resisting in Canada was that his position was that I would use the preferred pronouns of a student if they asked me to. I'm not going to have the government force me to do it. And considering we just, I did a story earlier, Pastor, about um, a counselor in another part of Indiana who has now been indefinitely suspended For confirming that a school had a secret policy to hide the preferred pronouns, the gender identity, and even any potential medical procedures that a student was undergoing from the family and the parents. And that counselor confirmed that has now been basically fired.
1: And, and, you know, we're hearing horror stories like that across the country. I mean, I've had parents, you know, tell me about, you know, stories where schools are providing changes of clothes, you know, for students to kind of dress up as the, you know, as this alternative, you know, gender or identity that they have once they get to the school and then helping them change back in, you know, before they go home with the parents. And really what we're talking about here, it's not about this is not about targeting anybody. It's not about treating people any differently or poorly it's really about constitutional rights, I mean, because all this is doing essentially is reinforcing the whole concept of freedom of speech that we have in this nation that if a particular teacher does not feel compelled to call somebody by a different you know, um, uh, name or different you know, gender uh, than, than what their biological sex is, you know based upon their own personal beliefs, their faith, their religion, et cetera., that they don't have to be compelled or forced to do that. And so, you know, this is, uh, this is really something that is going to protect teachers. It's going to create an environment where, you know, we're not just kind of bowing down to this wokeism, and and, and as we see, you know, so often is the case, uh, but, but really, you know, make sure that we have an environment that's focused on learning and not just, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of, I think, catering to these agendas of the left.
0: Yeah, and I want to make it crystal clear. I mean, when you read the the text, this thing is only a paragraph long, and it's super easy bill, House Bill 1346. If you, as a faculty member or a student, choose to use the preferred pronouns of the other individual, you're allowed to. You're just not compelled to do it. And and you have, um, if you believe that it's objectionable for whatever way, then you can find an alternative that would not be offensive to the student to use that, but you won't be compelled to actually use those preferred pronouns. But it goes into other things, too, like, nicknames, alternative names, and that sort of thing, too. It's not just about pronouns. It goes through all of that, basically saying that we're not going to force anybody to get involved in, you know, people's identity or uh, fantasy or role-playing exercises or what have you. And like you said before, you know, it's going to protect their freedom of speech. And, you know, by default, for a lot of people, their freedom of religion as well.
1: I think it also brings the parents back into, you know, the equation. It gives them an opportunity that, you know, in order to be able to, um, you know, really uh, have the school, you know, participate in calling uh, an unemancipated minor, you know, by, you know, whatever this preferred pronoun is or nickname, et cetera that they want the parents to be involved in that process and they want evidence that that this is medically you know a, it, that a doctor takes this seriously and it's something that the school needs to address so it, you know for somebody out there who's maybe uh, maybe not a christian or or you know uh, doesn't necessarily have you know they're more concerned about that student being called that preferred pronoun it does not limit that from happening this is protecting you know people from being forced in a position where they have to take their faith to a place or their their really ideology to a place that that is that they're not comfortable with, and it gives them, you know, really uh, not only, you know, it really in, reinforces that constitutional protection that they should already have in the first place that's been threatened.
0: Yeah. And that's a key component of this, because um, when you, re- you read the basically the little like script on it, on what it does, and then you dive into the bill, which, again, is just a couple of pages. Um, when you go into those sections, what you mentioned there, Pastor, is very crucial, because if we're going to go down that road, we're going to be dealing with those gender issues. You're not even going to be able to approach the school about it, if I understand this correctly, without having some professional care that confirms that mm-hmm. this is a real thing, that this is something that they're actually being treated for. You're not going to have, you know, a kid just for the sake of attention swapping out their genders and their pronouns every single day and making everybody's life difficult because they're trying to get, you know, be the class clown or whatever. You're going to have to prove that there is a real condition here. Uh, that needs to be addressed so that way there is a path uh, for people who are dealing with actual gender dysphoria and and that there is a process that plays out that is now codified so that the faculty of the school knows what to do
1: absolutely absolutely and i think it's again it, it well worded I, i'm guessing there's a lot of listeners that you've never looked up a, a bill before you know it's really easy just google house bill 1346 indiana house bill 1346 if you want to put gender fluidity on it, it'll probably help get it there easier. Uh, and you can read this for yourself. It's it's like you said, it's it's quick. And uh, I would encourage everybody out there to do it and then contact your representative about it and let them know where you stand.
0: Yeah, it's very quick, easy read. Just like I said, it's like three pages of actual content. And then you have, you know, like a half a page uh, with extra stuff that you don't need to worry about. And I'll put in the daily show prep for everybody at btmedia.news today as well. Um, Pastor Miles, I was also looking at, Something that uh, came out over the, the weekend and picked up a lot of steam today in the news that attacks on churches are increasing, particularly against Catholic churches uh, across the United States. You and I are not Catholic, uh, but nonetheless, uh, attacks on houses of worship are repulsive, should not be happening in the United States. Why do you think this is going on?
1: You know, look, I, I think a lot of this is retaliation against Roe. Uh, I was actually just out in D.C. this past uh, a week for the March for Life uh, first time I was able to participate in the national march. I've done some of the local uh, and state-level marches in the past, but uh, it was really awesome to be there for that. And, you know, historically, um, the Catholic Church has stood very you know, strong on the side of of being pro-life. We, we've seen some deviation. Uh, we saw the whole situation with the uh, the, the priest, Frank uh, uh, Pavone, that, that got defrocked this year. Um, but you know, I think historically the Catholic Church has been on the side of being pro-life, so oftentimes they are targeted, um, you know, by these uh, uh, abortion activists and and sort of more extremists on that side because of this issue, and they take a lot of the brunt of that. It doesn't mean that's the only church that's that's getting targeted. We, you know, I, I've done some work with my work with Epoch TV. We're we're seeing this in evangelical churches, mega churches all over the place. Um, you know, we we've gotten a little bit of hate mail here ourselves. And so this is uh this is something I think that, you know, unless you're working within a within a church context, maybe you haven't seen before, the media doesn't always like to cover this, um, uh, but it's certainly happening, and I can tell you it is increasing.
0: All right. So you're engaged in this culture war quite a bit, particularly on TikTok, and you run into a lot of people who um will I'll politely say pervert the gospel uh for their own <laughs> their own reasons, but you also engage in some you know, I would call them, you know, very, very good debates with people who I wouldn't call delusional, but you know, maybe have a different reading of scripture than you have, and and I think this is important to have this discussion, especially when it could be done in a polite and and you know, yeah, positive way, which doesn't always happen, but when you have people kind of getting into the gutter here, and and I know that the Roe v. Wade thing is a big deal, but you know, since 2020 you've got nearly 300 of these attacks on Catholic churches and only 118 of them have happened after Roe. So you, there has to be something else going on. And I mean, you run into a, a lot of this stuff on social media. I mean, just vitriol and hate and everything else.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, first of all, I, I love utilizing TikTok as a platform. I I'm sure that there's probably somebody out there that's going to tell me that China has my information. I'm pretty sure they already have my information <laughs> at this point, but it to me, it's a mission field. And and there, there's a lot of conversation that happen on these social media platforms that you don't get to have necessarily every day in, in you know, kind of in, in, in just your, your world around you. You know, people aren't going door to door. You can't do that the same way that maybe you could in evangelism in the past. And so, you know, for me, being able to respond to people, answer questions is so important. Christianity is not a choose-your-own-adventure story. You can't just make up whatever doctrine you want or try to, you know, twist script, scripture around to, you know, kind of fit this agenda that you have. There are uh very specific primary christian doctrines these are not debated every single christian you know whether academic scholar pastor etc would would be able to point to primary doctrinal beliefs uh, you know, for instance, the virgin birth, the Trinity, heaven and hell, um, you know, the, the authority of Scripture. You know, we can go through these things. These these we don't really have a choice on. If you're going to say that you're a Christian, this is part of the thing that you—these are the part of the beliefs that you're adhering to. Now, we can debate secondary issues, and I would say a secondary issue might be, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does God heal today? Um, you know, uh, uh, women in ministry. We can talk about these different things as secondary doctrines, and there's so there's some ability within scripture to probably debate them on both sides of certain areas that maybe aren't as clear but when we come to something like the issue of the sanctity of life or the issue of gender or sexuality, like we were talking about earlier, these are clearly defined in scripture. Sin is clearly, sexual sin is clearly laid out. Murder is clearly laid out. Uh, We, we, we see, you know, throughout this, even, you know, um, the, the whole idea that, that, you know, John the Baptist leaped in the womb with the Holy spirit, you know, that it's, it's, you know, we see examples in scripture uh, and verses in scripture that really edify this idea and essentially codify this idea that, that a, uh, a child within the womb is a human life and not to be extinguished. And so we don't get the choice on that. And unfortunately, I think the left wants to uh, you know try to twist that as much as they can because they know that the church has to be divided for the left to win elections. And so they're spending a lot of money and a lot of time creating confusion among Christian doctrine in order to divide the Christian vote.
0: And with any institution, leadership changes in churches, and I've I've gotten this over the past couple of months, Lucas, about, hey, uh, my church isn't what it used to be, and I don't know where to go. And I think that you could probably help with that. You know, you've got your your church, Influence Church in Granger, which is, you know, a great place for people to go, but also just around the country for people who are listening not in the area. You know, how yes. can people find a place that will adhere to those those basic doctrines of Christianity?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have an initiative that we've launched. Uh, we launched at the end of this last year called the American Pastor Project. It's AmericanPastorProject.org is the website. And we encourage anybody who is a Christian uh, pastor, Christian content creator, maybe you're in Christian publishing or media or broadcasting, some form, to go there and to sign our statement and this does two things first of all it's a commitment on your side that you're adhering to the basic tenets of christian doctrine and that you are not going to use your pulpit or platform to promote wokeism uh crt pro-abortion pro-lgbt uh you know trans etc you know ideology you know from from the the from your ministry and the second part of that is it allows people like you said who are looking for a solid church we have a map locator on AmericanPastorProject.com or excuse me, AmericanPastorProject.org. There's a map locator where people can go. They can search their area. They can find a church near them. We've just launched this. We have, you know, uh, um, I think we're we're uh, uh, we've got a nice group of pastors that's building. I just met with a, a group of 1,200 pastors uh, that's going to be rolling this out, and another group of 10,000 pastors that is going to be rolling this out. So there's a lot of excitement around this. We're expecting to see this really take off. So if people haven't visited, yet go there sign the statement and uh, get involved
0: and then of course influencechurch.org there that just starts with an n there's no i n but org in granger indiana and uh, what time are your uh, services
1: so services are at 10 o'clock every week. We have children's uh, programming. We have all sorts of uh, uh, groups and classes and book studies and those things that happen. If people are from the area, they might know this as the old Harris Prairie Building. Uh, so we, we we took over the property in May. Uh, and bef- uh, I think bef- uh, after that, it was uh, a vineyard church for a little bit. But uh, uh, Influence Church right there at Capitol and 23 in Granger.
0: Pastor Lucas Miles, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me on, Casey. Talk soon.
0: Take care. Got more coming up. ninety 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
1: Casey Hendrickson.